0: There in high so near on down This is Brother Frank, and I'm back with another episode of The Remnant Call, and just excited. I've got two of my favorite people here tonight uh, joining us for this program. Rabbi Zev Perat, all the way from Israel, and Pastor Carl Gallops from the great state of Florida, going to join us for a program tonight, and just fired up. What I'm really, though, excited about, folks, and that is an opportunity that we have at this time we're living in right now. There is so much going on around the world. There's so many signs and wonders and evidence that these are the last days, but there are also so many opportunities for us as believers to be reaching out to win souls to the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you what, when you see that believer, when you see someone's eyes opened, and when you see the peace that passes all understanding come over someone that has been troubled for so many years, well, folks, that is what makes it all worth doing. And so tonight I've got two specialists coming on the program uh, to share about what's going on uh, in Israel, what's going on around the United States, and how people are coming to this belief, how Jews are coming to the belief in the Messiah. And these are exciting times, folks, that we're living in. And it's not a time for us to get down and and to get worried and to get afraid it's a time for us to take charge to begin to fight the good fight on our knees and then to get out and to witness to people to win them to the kingdom because jesus is coming soon I mean, I, if you don't know that he's coming soon, well, just open up the news and just read the front page. And then open up the Bible, and I'll tell you what, they are beginning to correlate daily. This is the time that your grandparents told you about, the day that it was coming, when we would, when we would be uh, forced to make a decision. Are we going to serve the Lord, or are we going to serve this world? And folks, it's time for us to make that today because we've got a mission to do. Well, thank you all for last week's program. Uh, unholy days part two rise of the false prophets folks if you haven't listened to that please go back and listen to the last week's show because it's important to understand there's so many uh, so-called prophetic voices out there and and folks god has true prophets uh he always uh never does anything uh of his secret things before he reveals it through his servants the prophets but at the same time there are uh, true prophets. There is also false prophets out there. And how do we discern the true from the false? And we talk about that on last week's program, because you know when you begin to do land navigation. I was in the Marines, and when you when you take out that compass and you start to navigate, and and it only if you're off just one degree, I think it is after just a hundred yards or something, you're going to be like ninety two feet off or something like that. It doesn't take much to get completely off track. So please go back and listen. Well. The, All that aside, let's get underway with our show. I'm going to bring in our guests. You probably know him. You've heard him before, Pastor Carl Gallops. He has been pastoring for about 31 years in the same church. I know he pastored a little bit before that, but he is the senior pastor of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church since 1987, an Amazon Top 60 bestseller and a conservative talk radio host heard nationally, internationally. Um, he is a prolific TV, radio, print media guest commentator and a former decorated Florida law enforcement officer and was just on coast to coast the other night. I think it was September the 9th. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that, go check that episode out. Uh, Pastor Carl has written so many books and he has a new book out. And we're going to touch on that just at the end called Gods and Thrones. And it's so hot off the press, it's actually not fully off the press yet. And so we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. And I'm going to bring Pastor Carl on with us. Pastor Carl, are you there?
1: I'm here, brother Frank. Thank you for your gracious introduction. It's an honor to be with you today, and, and Zev Peretz, it is absolutely well. Honor.
0: Eight. Amen, amen. Well, let's bring in Zev also. If if you've listened to the uh, Remnant Call, you are familiar with Brother Zev. He's a Messianic rabbi, uh, founder of the Messiah of Israel Ministries, and was born in Israel into the Sanhedrin family and raised in Benai Barak, one of the most Jewish Orthodox cities of Israel. His grandfather, Rabbi Pinchas Perat, was a Holocaust survivor who later became one of the heads of the Sanhedrin in Israel. He's certified as a Jewish rabbi. Zev never felt the presence of God and drifted away from Judaism. That all changed when Zev had a number of supernatural encounters that brought him to faith in the Messiah Yeshua, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Led by the Holy Spirit, Zev founded Messiah of Israel Ministries, one of the very few messianic congregations actively, and I emphasize actively preaching the gospel publicly in Israel. Messiah of Israel Ministries has been reaching the Holocaust survivors, IDF soldiers, and and, uh, needy discipleship programs all over. I know they've worked in China and Africa, and we are just blessed to have Brother Zev on the program. Zev, are you here from Israel with us? Shalom, Brother Frank. An honor to be here and uh,
2: a blessing to be on with Pastor Carl Gallus.
0: Amen. Well, I'm not going to lie. This has been a dream of mine to have both of you all on at the same time. Um, I do believe, as they say, this was a match made in heaven uh, when God brought you two together, and we're going to talk about that and how this has radically changed uh, what's going on in this world today. Um, but before we get started, Ad, that we just witnessed the Hear the Watchman conference, and both of you were there uh, at the Hear the Watchman conference, and, and Pastor Carl, uh, was that the first one you had been at, or had you been there before?
1: No, I had preached the one in Dallas back in March of this year and um, have been invited to the next one in Dallas in March of uh, 2018.
0: Well, for those of our listeners, Pastor, that aren't familiar, what is the Hear the Watchman conference?
1: Yes, Mike and Jeannie Kerr, um, a beautiful Christian couple um, whose lives were just turned upside down for the Lord some years back. They were at a prophecy conference. And um, it, it, anyway, they both <clears throat> had come out of the secular world and understood the business behind putting these things together because a, a huge prophecy conference is an extremely detailed event. And so they just felt so called of God to bring together uh, men from around the nation and around the world who, who they believed um, had the anointing and touch of the Lord upon them to to reach out to the masses with what's really going on in the world. And so they started with humble beginnings and just kind of put together some conferences. And next thing you know, they're doing two or three conferences all over the nation every year and been doing this for several years now. And so that's kind of the beginning of it. But that's what it is. It's just, you know, it's just a, a, a gathering of folks from – we at the last conference uh, – Brother Zev, I think we had people, of course, you came from Israel, I think we had some from Australia, from New Zealand, Um, where else? Do you remember there's some from in Europe as well, I think Switzerland, Uh, so it's kind of an international thing, wasn't it?
2: Absolutely, we had some from uh, Switzerland, from the Neverlands were there, Uh, there were people from all over the world, it was really exciting.
1: Yeah, so, so Brother Frank, that's what it is. It's just a, mainly a national but also an international gathering of people who just want to hear uh, the very latest from uh, uh, some of the men of God that are out there on the front lines.
0: Amen. And there are people out there that are actively warning to get ready. This is, this is the hour we need to start moving. We're all familiar with the frozen chosen, which is a, a big disease that runs through many of the churches in the United States. But there are a group of believers out there that are trying to shake and rattle the church uh, to wake up and to get moving. Zeb, this was your first time coming over there. What was it like, uh, your experience being over here at the Hear the Watchman conference?
2: Well, I think it was very anointed. The presence of the Holy Spirit was there. Uh, For me, uh, over the years when God has put me into ministry, he's always told me uh, uh, to live the Word of God, to live the Bible, and that's what uh, that conference was all about. And uh, for me, it was really a picture of the one new man, Ephesians 2.15, seeing believers uh, from all over the world and uniting together with Israel and the States and Europe. And for me, that's exciting because that's what it's all about,
0: working together the harvest in the end times. Yeah. Amen, I couldn't agree with that more Well, Pastor Carl, uh, just to get started here You are kind of a, a, well, let's just say more than a fountain of knowledge uh, You're just like a river of knowledge And, uh, and you've written a lot of books uh, Especially about the signs and wonders and things that are going on today And I know you've got your new book coming out And I want to touch on that at the end Or it's it's partially out, I guess, just not fully released in the press, uh, on the presses. Um, But that is, uh, you have told and shared so much about what's going on. But but, Pastor, at all the signs and wonders that are going on, there is a sign. Uh, and you wrote a book about it in a wonder that I personally feel is the most prolific thing that we as believers uh, will ever see in this generation. And that is when Israel came back into the nation and now what's going on. And, and you wrote a book a few years ago that kind of shook up the world, the rabbi that found Messiah. And, and Pastor, what has, been, what has been that impact of that book since you've written it?
1: Well... My goodness yeah, it's called the Rabbi that found Messiah the story of Yitzhak Kaduri, and I can give a quick overview of what that was about in a moment, but to directly answer your question, the impact well messianic rabbi zev Perat can can really fill in the gaps on the answer to that question because even though the book is being used all over the world, as a matter of fact, just yesterday, I got a email from somebody, oh my God, in Europe somewhere. And they were wanting to know the book has been made into a documentary movie, and they wanted to know did they have the movie dubbed in Spanish because they just had whole audiences that wanted to see it. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, it is it is uh, subtitled in Spanish. And so anyway, so that's the impact. I mean, all over the United States is still going crazy about it, talking about it. Uh, um, I'm still doing radio interviews uh, all the time on it. Um, Brother Zev is using it in Israel every day and in the underground church in China. I'll let him give you the details. But the impact of it is quite amazing because the story is true, and the message of it is profound and very prophetic, Brother Frank. So it's, that's, that's, that's the impact. I mean, it's, it's no little thing.
0: What what inspired you to write this book? Um, you know, it, a lot of people. Even, it's funny that how many people do know, but how many people are just actually finding out about what's going on over there? The story of Yitzhak Kaduri. Uh, here's a, a rabbi that um, was arguably the the most uh, prolific rabbi in modern history of Israel, and somehow he wrote a note that shocked the world. Yeah, Could you explain yeah. a little bit about that?
1: Yes, the story is very complex, but I will give the brief, simple story. And then as we move along, if you'd like us to fill in the gaps, uh, Brother Zev and I can do it. I can give the technical details of it since I wrote the book, but and Brother Zev can give them too. But what I love about Brother Zev is he actually has family members that knew this rabbi. And Brother Zev knew this whole story long before I did and was using it to minister in Israel long before I wrote the book. So anyway, between the two of us here, I can tell it. But the simple story is this. Rabbi Yitzhak Kaduri was the most venerated rabbi, a Sephardic rabbi, that is from the Spanish... Remnant, if you will, of Jews, Um, the Spanish speaking remnant, Sephardic Jews, but they, uh, he was in the land. Um, before Israel was ever even a nation, long before 1948. When he passed away in 2006, he was 108 years old. He was so popular, Brother Frank, that when he died, the funeral, there were 250,000 people that showed up at the funeral. They had to close the streets of Jerusalem down for two days. Ben-Gurion Airport, International Import Airport, airport was was backed up in traffic i mean i've got all this documented in my book it was astounding people came from all over well the world but mainly in you know israel and europe and 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 around the middle east people just piled in there to come to this man's funeral but the thing is most of those people the vast majority of them didn't know what he had said and done prior to his death just prior to his death he had been teaching in his uh, yeshiva, which is kind of like a seminary for you know, it's a it's a it's a training school for rabbis. His yeshiva, he had been teaching in his yeshiva, kind of secretly and privately, that Messiah truly is, was, is Yeshua uh, at Jesus, and. And it, just before he died, he told his congregation that he had met the true Messiah. The true Messiah had come to him in and, and a vision, I suppose, and and that he knew his name and that he was going to leave his name in a in a note. And it turned out that the note was kind of cryptic and coded, but it was decoded by his own followers, and it's very plain once you see it. But he was going to leave his name in a note to be posted on his website. And remember, this guy was kind of like the Billy Graham among the Jews, if you will. I mean, among the Jews, they recognized his face, his his name immediately, just like in America, somebody who, if you said Billy Graham, even people that don't go to church would know the name and, and the face. Well, that's the way he was there. And so he said he left a note. One year after his death, he wanted it posted on his website. It was and once it was decoded, it was plain that he was identifying that Jesus is the real Messiah. Now, for our Western Christian listeners, I cannot emphasize, and, and, and Messianic Rabbi Zephyrat will do a much better job than I on this, I cannot emphasize the power of that, because Orthodox Judaism not only denies that Jesus is the Messiah, but it is vitri- it's vitriol—it's a vitriolic denial, um, they they just, they, they reviled the name of Jesus. They reviled the New Testament documents. And for their uh, most famous rabbi, their most revered rabbi in modern Israel history, to at the end of his life proclaim that Judaism basically has been wrong all along uh, in, in, in the identification of the Messiah, and that, that Jesus is in fact the Messiah, it shook the Orthodox world to the core. It is still shaking it. uh, Brother Zev can tell you all about that. Um, Orthodox Jews are coming to Christ because of it. The Sanhedrin has passed some new rules about marriage and Messianic Jews recently. Brother Zev and I believe because of the book, because of the movie, because of this story. So anyway, that's my short answer. It gets way more detailed than that. There's a lot of interesting stuff connected to it. But uh, that's the story. And and I wrote the book because I was familiar with the story when the note was decoded on the Internet. Oh, excuse me, uh, when it was decoded, it was reported out of Israel from News First Class. And Israel Today, right out of Israel, they reported on it. And next thing you know, it started hitting the Internet. I made a little documentary video about six minutes long about it. That thing went completely viral. I had already written a a best-selling book, and my publishers called me, and they said, Carl, you really need to write a book about this. Number one, the message needs to be heard. Number two, nobody else has written one. Nobody's writing a book on it. You need to do a book. And so I wrote the book, and then they turned it into a movie. After that, it was so popular. Jonathan Kahn is in the movie with me. Uh, and, um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of the quick story and how God is using it. And it is still going strong.
0: Well, Zev, um, you obviously are familiar with the book. You've been using it over in Israel and there was some controversy, uh, pastor Carl, obviously when this was, um, first, uh, written that they, I know they took the note down, tried to say that wasn't true. That's not what it meant. But Zev. You've actually had the privilege of witnessing to some of Rabbi Kaduri's uh, own students. Am I correct on that?
2: Absolutely, but I want to touch a little bit about uh, some of the things that Carl spoke about. Uh, for example, I want the listeners to understand who Rabbi Kaduri was, because if you today in, today in Israel, many times uh, there's like uh, you know slang sayings uh, in the culture. So, if uh, for example, parents go to a student and they say. Uh, you you got a B in your in your class instead of an A. He would say, "What do you think I'm Rabbi Kaduri? I mean, Rabbi Kaduri is known like a genius, like somebody like the smartest Jew around. Like he, he had photographic memory. Everybody looked up to him. So he's he's used today even in the modern day slang as you know as being a genius. So his impact just keeps on going over uh, you know on and on. So the fact that that he left a note revealing the name of Yeshua is God's master plan. The fact that God had Pastor Carl Gallups under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit write this book is God's supernatural plan to unite Israel and America together, to me and Carl together, as the one new man in ministry in reaching the world. It's God's master plan. I see the, the fingerprints of God all, all over it from the beginning. And when I was uh, witnessing to these, uh, to answer your question, to these students, I kind of ran into a brick wall over the years because when I was witnessing using the note in the streets, uh, the rabbis, the Orthodox movement in Israel, the media were suppressing the story. And when I started to share it in 2008, 2009, 2010, the Jews were not listening anymore. And I started to pray to God. And I said, it can't be that you use the Muslim most venerated rabbi in Israel, the history of Israel, to bring in the name of the Messiah, and it's going to die down. Truly, there's a master plan. Well, a, year, a few years later, Carl rolled the book, and we got in touch together through a, another, uh, another person in America, which is another supernatural story. I started to use the book after I read it and found out when I'm reading it, sitting on a train one day, and seeing I'm not even using it as an evangelistic tool, and Jews are coming up to me and asking me, what is this book about? We see the picture of Ishaq Duri. I started to share what it's about. Half of the train got into the message. I understood right there that this is an anointing book. Now obviously there is no revival without the word of God, but Jews always want to know what the rabbis have to say. So we're letting know letting them know what the rabbi had to say. And the rabbi said that Yeshua is the Messiah. And that's how this book is just keep on keep on being used in Israel until today it's Banding all over Israel, all over China, all over the world, all over Europe. And that's exactly why the Sanhedrin are so upset and so angry, because they can't stop the gospel, they can't stop the revival. Suppressing it in the news won't help. Threatening won't help. Jews want to know what that book is about. It's like a magnet. It's drawing people like magnets.
0: Well, Zev, uh, I want to expand a little bit more on that uh, particular topic, but one of the interesting things about, the, I remember the story from when you were uh, encountering some of Rabbi Kanduri's, uh students is that you were able to verify through uh, them that he was actually teaching uh, about, and, and his obviously his revelation was somewhat limited, uh, maybe like an Apollos-type revelation in a way, but you were able to verify that, yes, he was actually teaching about his, from his own knowledge of what he knew about Yeshua to his students privately, am I correct on that?
2: Absolutely. It all started when I came back from an outreach at eleven o'clock at night. I was at a at a stoplight, and there's always the Orthodox Jews handing out literature. And most, most of the time, I won't open the window. I just uh, you know ignore it. And this guy tells me to do something. And this Orthodox man with with a with black clothes and a beard comes up to my window, and I didn't want to open it. God said, "Open the window. Take the literature." And he hands me right there in the stoplight uh, a brochure of Rabbi Kaduri. And I, I just told him right out. I said, I can't accept this. And he said, why not? I said, because I believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And he looks at me and he said, so do I. And right there, we, I said, can we meet over the stoplight? We met over the stoplight. And I found out that he's a student was one of Rabbi Kaduri's students in his yeshiva studying under Rabbi Kaduri. And Rabbi Kaduri secretly to a certain group of people that he trusted in his yeshiva was proclaiming that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah. Now, I found out that he did not share the full gospel, meaning the resurrection, and I believe he was preparing his students for the bombshell that's going to be after his death, when that note's going to be open. So they would confirm, yes, he did say it,
0: and the gospel would go out. Wow. Hallelujah. That is supernatural. Praise God. Well, Zev, you've been then now sharing and trying to reach out to not just only Orthodox, but secular Jews. Um, Sometimes I think uh, people in America have this view of Israel like this. It's the Holy Land and everything's so holy or Orthodox, and and that's not true. There's there's the same gamut of people to reach like here in the U.S., correct? Of course,
2: uh, you have uh, Orthodox Jews in Israel, but... A very low percentage, uh, well, maybe uh, 400,000 at the most, 420,000 out of 8.2 million uh, Jews and Arabs living here in in Israel. So it's a pretty low percentage. Then you have another 100,000 that are uh, knitted kippahs, knitted yarmulkes, which means they're they're not Orthodox, but they're traditional. Maybe they'll keep the Sabbath, and the rest are just uh, secular Jews and atheists that keep the tradition, the uh, the culture of Israel, meaning they they may keep some of the feasts or something like that, but they're mostly secular. But all the Jews in Israel, uh, 90%, okay, take off the 10, 20% of the the, uh, Arabs and the atheists, all of them take what the rabbis have to say at face value. Even if they don't follow the Bible in a Jewish way, they believe that the rabbis are the authority, and what they say is true. And when they have a problem or when they get married— or when they have a, a, a they need marriage counseling, they will go to these rabbis uh for counseling, and therefore that 's why the story of Rabbi Aduri, God using him is so powerful because of the culture in Israel that although it 's not all religious but it 's all rabbi oriented
0: well zev Okay, so you're outreaching out to people now, sharing this uh, note and, and through other evangelistic series. What is it that your ministry is is doing in Israel right now? To let those who are not so familiar understand, what is the Messiah of Israel in, uh, ministry? Are you just simply an outreach? What's going on over there? What are you all doing?
2: Well, Messiah of Israel Ministries is also a Messianic congregation. We have these little uh, home groups all over Israel, discipleship programs. We're an evangelistic ministry. We uh, preach the gospel everywhere in Israel to everyone in the streets, in the houses, in the malls, in the synagogues, to IDF soldiers, to Holocaust survivors, uh, in mosques, to Arabs. Uh, we preach everywhere. Anybody that has an ear to hear the gospel will hear the gospel. we That's what it's all about. The Bible says that we're not to be ashamed of the gospel, and that's what God has positioned us to do. Praise his name. We couldn't do it without him. Without the power of the
0: Holy Spirit. Zeb, there's a lot of, you also, it's not always an easy work over there. Um, I remember some, uh, listening to some things in the past, um, trying, the Orthodox trying to deprogram you and things like that. You do face a lot of persecution just trying to share this good news over in Israel. It is a battle. It's a
2: spiritual warfare battle, absolutely. Satan hates all, pe- all believers. He hates all believers. He wants all believers not to follow Yeshua, not to follow Jesus. He hates all people. But there's a certain group in the Bible that I believe that he hates more, and that's the ones that are connected to Israel, the ones that are spiritually Israel, the ones that understand what it means, the one new man concept, the ones that understand that the, that the testimony of Jesus. We'll talk about Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children, who do what? Who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of how do you keep the commandments of God if you don't understand about Israel? Obviously, he's speaking about that group. So that's the group Satan's is after. So there's spiritual warfare in Israel. There's spiritual warfare. Not anybody that has any connection with Israel is going to encounter this, this spiritual warfare. And to answer your question, the Sanhedrin in Israel are connected to a few groups. One of the groups is called Yad Latim, which is the anti-missionary organization founded to be, deprogram believers. Wow,
0: and I'm, we're going to share maybe a moment about that. But Pastor Carl, I want to come back to you because, um, being we talked about earlier, Pastor, you you are familiar with what's not only going on around in the U.S. politically, but also in the heavens and many things like that. But why is why is Israel the, this sign so important of them coming back into the land, uh, even though everything else is going on? Why is this so important, Pastor?
1: That's an excellent question, brother Frank. The bottom line is, and this is a multifaceted answer, but let me let me give the short answer again if you have more questions to fire them away, but uh the bottom line is this. We are in the 70th year right now of the return of Israel. That's a 2600-year-old prophecy that's that's in the Bible in in about a dozen places in the scripture speaking of the return of Israel, quote In the last days, I mean, it's either said directly in some of those prophecies, or it's certainly implied by the context that the return of Israel, a geographical return of Israel, and then the actual people of the term, on the wings of eagles, they will come back to the land. I mean, that was prophesied in the scriptures, but it was 26 hundred years after the prophecies were given before it happened. And 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 after Israel it was twenty six hundred years since Israel had disappeared as a nation, as a sovereign nation, before it happened, and it happened in our historical lifetime, Brother Frank. That's what I keep trying to get this generation to understand. Even though it was 70 years ago, you know, there are 30-year-olds saying, well, it didn't happen in my lifetime. Well, yes, it did. In our historical lifetime, it's only been there 70 years. But look what's happened in those 70 years. When Israel came back, I mean, it was just black and white television, grainy black and white television with one or two or three national channels. You know, newspapers to get information took days to get information. When you read the headline news of something uh, in the 1940s, it was days old, sometimes a week or more old. So that's the world. Now look at our world now in 70 short years. I mean, you know, we're on the moon, we're in space, we've got internet and cell phones and the whole world's being connected and, and, and you know, we're on the verge of World War III and Arab Spring and the Middle East is collapsing and borders are collapsing and Brexit and the Trump effect and, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. This world is exploding. Technologically, genetic editing, CRISPR Cas9, transhumanism, robotics, sex robots, killer robots. I mean, all of that has exploded upon the scene of humanity in our lifetime brother Frank since the return of Israel, and only since the return of Israel. So what's the significance of this? We are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ, and I am convinced that Israel was the countdown clock. Israel was the start watch when Israel returned, the geographical Israel, and now there's a spiritual connection, a spiritual Israel, too, that's deeply connected to all of this. That's another whole sermon. But the bottom line is, there it is. Just like God said would happen in the last days. And the interesting thing is, guys, you can go back and read the commentaries of 100 years ago, 200 years ago, long before Israel returned. The vast majority of them, when they got to those prophecies about the return of Israel, they considered it such a human impossibility. That most of the commentators would say something, and I'm just going to paraphrase here for all of them, but they would say something like, well, this is going to happen at the return of Jesus Christ, because it's impossible for it to happen before Jesus Christ literally returns. Because of the geographical and geopolitical and the persecution and the wars and the, and the whole anti-Semitism, it's impossible. There'll never be an Israel there until Jesus Christ returns. Yet the word of God said in so many ways in so many places, oh no. There will be a geographical Israel. It will happen before the Lord Jesus returns. A certain coalition of nations, Ezekiel 38, uh, for example, will begin to form. And by the way, that's happening right now. And in and, and our history, listen, I've got so many thoughts going through my head. Let me hush, because I could talk about this for hours. But that's the bottom line answer, Brother Frank. It is the stopwatch. It's the start clock. It's the timepiece. We're the first generation in the history of mankind to be living on the other side of the return of Israel. We're living in prophetic days.
0: I agree. And the interesting thing in Matthew 24, it starts out, when you shall hear. And it goes through all the different signs and everything. And at the end, it says, when you shall see all these things. It's interesting, Pastor, we didn't even have the technology to see them all happening at once until today.
1: That's why we could only
0: hear about it earlier.
1: Yeah, that's why I said a moment ago, I could talk about this all day. I didn't even get into the technological explosion of things like that. Every single technology written in the scriptures thousands of years ago, which, by the way, when they were written, was science fiction until the last decade or so. I mean, there are technologies written in Daniel, written in uh, uh, the New Testament, written in Revelation, that speak of the whole world seeing something at once, the whole world hearing something at once, the whole world uh, taking a mark, images caused to live and breathe, fire coming down out of the heavens at the command of a singular person. I mean, on and on and on I could go. These things are in the Scriptures. And students of the Word that are listening to us, as I'm saying these things, they're going, oh, my gosh, that's right. See, it slips by us, Brother Frank, because because we're so used to it. We're born into this technology. Instantaneous worldwide communication information services are such a part of our daily life, we don't even think about it. Our transportation. We can get on a jet airplane and be anywhere in the world in in at least within the the scope of a full day, most places in the world, within an hour or two. It's unbelievable where we are, and that technology is continuing to explode. Everything the Bible spoke of, even the people of God returning to Israel on the, quote, wings of eagles. That's so interesting, because how could, you know... If if John had written, I mean, if if Isaiah had written, and and the, and John and these these prophets had written, listen, the people will come back into Israel on long metal tubes that have wings like like birds that'll be flying through the air at 600 miles an hour. The Bible would have been burned in heaps, and everybody that wrote it would have been burned at the stake. But instead, they used coded language. They will come back. They will come back on wings of eagles, and they will come from all the nations, from all the corners of the earth, and they will come back to the land, and they will be secure in the land. And while they're there, secure in the land, a certain coalition of nations will begin to form against them. And brother, all of that has happened right before our eyes. We're the first generation. But because we're living in the midst of it, most of the church misses the whole thing.
0: And the important part is about it, and Zev, I want to switch back over to you, because Zev, with all these things going on uh, in the world that is going crazy, we cannot forget that the mission that we have been tasked with from Yeshua, and that is to go out into all the world and to be a witness. And Zeb, you have been taking that uh, personal, that mission to win souls, and it seems like for me, Zev, that everything else is going around, but here's the Messiah of Israel Ministries, and you guys are non-stop. You're going to keep winning souls no matter what, even if it seems like the world's coming down, the Messiah of Israel Ministries is going to keep on, Zev, why talk to the believers now? Why is it so important that that we don't forget what our mission is when it comes to winning believers?
2: Well, Pastor Carl Gaubs is uh, winning many souls uh, to the kingdom through his ministry. He's got a an amazing ministry, and uh, once again, I'm really grateful to the Lord for connecting us together in ministry as the One New Man. And talk about his talk about his book, the new book that's coming out. I encourage people to buy all his books because. All the subject that he just spoke about, he just touched a little. You got to get his books and get to the deepness of it. So I recommend that. I endorse that. It's also part of the kingdom, you know, focusing on the kingdom, on the end time, and bringing the gospel back. That's what it's all about. Because if we know where we're out in prophecy, we can prepare ourselves and prepare our churches, prepare our, our new generation for His second coming. Regarding our ministry, Messiah Vision Ministries, well, praise God. I mean, we couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. Uh, we focus on the gospel, no matter what happens. The world is falling apart. The economy is falling apart. Um, Earthquakes all over the world. It's all true. It's all prophecy coming to life. We don't let it distract us. We just focus on one thing, preaching the gospel. We're raising up now the new generation in Israel so they can continue the mission and preach. Because we can't do everything alone. Sometimes I have to go somewhere else in the world and preach, and we have to have somebody here running the ministry in Israel that's not ashamed of the gospel, that's not afraid to go out, and that's what we're doing. We're encouraging the young generation, to go out and to preach the gospel. And that's exactly why the rabbis are losing control, because there is a revival in Israel. We're encouraging the people to go out, and they don't know what to do about it. So we just give all the glory to Yeshua, and the world is going crazy. It's supposed to be going crazy. We're in end-time prophecy. Yes, one of the keys is Israel coming back as a nation. And 10, 15 years ago, you read the book of Revelation, it did look like a science movie. Today it doesn't look like that anymore. It's coming to life. The mystery is getting closer and closer. And I encourage everybody to focus on Yeshua. Focus on bringing the gospel back to Jerusalem. Focus on preparation,
0: sanctification.
2: God will take care of the rest.
0: Amen. Pastor Carl, I know you have uh, been on every interview, but your your primary mission is you're a pastor. And, and Pastor, you you're... Over everything else you do out here, you're primarily called to minister and to spread the good news. And, Pastor, please share with the people here. I'm, I'm just, the reason for this, I'm bringing this up, is because I'm just afraid so many people are missing and forgetting the commission that we have to get out and share. It's like you've been gracious to explain all these things that are going on. Now we have a job to do.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No, listen. Here's here's how I explain that this balance to people. And I, and I think it's a very biblical balance, right out of the mouth of Jesus himself. And that is Look, my first calling, my first goal in life, as should be truly any Christians. Now, now, not every Christian is called to be a pastor, but hear me out. My first calling in life is to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So if you're not called to be a pastor or a minister or missionary, that's okay. Uh, you still are called to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ in your family, in your community, among your neighbors, uh, where you work, where you play, in your life. So that's my first calling. Now, God has put an anointing on me to preach and teach and write and speak the word, so I am responsible for using those gifts appropriately. So that, that's my first calling. Now, in the midst of that, I happen to be an American the greatest constitutional republic the nation uh, the world has ever seen the, the 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 largest superpower the world has ever seen the largest Christian nation the world has ever seen the the, the most powerful economy the world has ever seen it, the most powerful influencing nation the world has ever seen the most benevolent outreach nation the world has ever seen and I'm in the midst of it, well, I'm to be the salt and the light in that nation. I don't worship the nation. I don't worship the government. I don't worship political leaders. But God says, get involved. Be the salt. Be the light. Be the change agent. Be the preserving agent. So my next passion in life is to try to preserve this constitutional republic and the sovereignty and sanctity of Israel. The two go together. And I think while I'm doing that, again, I keep the balance. I don't run around wringing my hands because of all the crookedness in Israel and America and say, well, I'm just going to turn my back and walk away. I'm just going to lead people to Jesus. Okay, yes, leading people to Jesus is number one. Absolutely. But if we let this nation fall apart, if we let Israel fall apart, then leading people to Jesus is going to wind all of us up in prison or death or worse. And I'm trying to keep that from happening to my children and grandchildren and to this nation and to Israel until the Lord returns. Um, God has put that passionately upon my heart because if the Christians uh, and the Israelis just roll over and say, well, just whatever comes is going to come, uh, then we're done. We're, we, it's, you know, we're, we're finished. We, we would all be put in prison or put to death. So anyway, that's kind of the balance, uh, and that's my passion, advancing the kingdom of Jesus. I preach from pulpits. I do prophecy conferences. I do television interviews. I do radio interviews. I do my own radio show. I write books. I write media articles. I give interviews to the media, all for the hope and the sake of reaching people for Christ. And in the meantime, yes, I am involved in politics. Yes, I do get involved Uh, not for the sake of political gain. I'm not going to run for political office, and not because I think politics uh, will save us. But the word politics just means how we govern ourselves. I think the Bible is pretty concerned with how we govern ourselves and how we choose to live as a nation. So I hope that makes sense, but those are my passions, my first passion being advancing the kingdom because even if america falls tomorrow and we're all in underground churches i will still advance the kingdom of jesus christ
0: thank you amen, amen. and folks that's what it's about it's about action it's about actually doing something you know having all of this knowledge and then never doing anything with it is simply just knowledge and that's all it is but pastor i know you are actively involved and zev you're actively involved and that's really what i wanted to share and convey with this program folks, that when you know that we're in these last days, we got to do something about it. We've we, we got to just be more than only hearing and reading. We must get action. There are a lot of these people that you get so wrapped up in just what's going on, but yet never actually turn around and do something about it. And that is just such a tragedy. And I want to encourage everybody that if you want to take your walk to the next level, then get out and share the good news. Make a difference like Pastor Carl is saying. Stand up and fight for somebody who can't fight for themselves. Reach out to the poor and the homeless. Do something in your walk with the Lord, or you will dry up and be like a desert. And and But when you begin to share uh, like Zev and like Pastor Carl's been doing and getting out there, I want to tell you, people's lives are changed. Pastor Carl, many people's lives have been changed because of some books that God has uh, used you to write on his behalf. And and Zev, you have taken especially one book of that, and there are people now, Jews, coming to Jesus around the world. And, and it is some of the most exciting times. I don't see why we would want to sit around and be still in this era, in this moment right now in history. Zev, we're getting a little down closer to the end of the program here. Zev, um, with all of the things going on here, um, Pastor Carl, you mentioned it earlier about back in when they were interpreting the scriptures back a hundred years ago in the mid eighteen hundreds, uh, that the Israel coming into the land was almost fictional in a way. Uh it was yeah. almost something that couldn't be believed. Matter of fact, I think the common uh phrase was for that believers were they would say, Well, we're part of spiritual Israel. Have you ever heard that term before, Pastor?
1: Oh, yes. And there is a spiritual Israel, Romans 11, Ephesians 2 and 3, Galatians, no doubt. But because there didn't used to be uh, a geographical Israel, and because it seemed so impossible, they had to kind of try to somehow uh, justify or rectify those prophecies in the Word of God. It's just like Christians do now with evolution and creation. They, they be, because there's so much junk out there about evolution being the way it is, you know, people are always trying to justify it and blend it with the Word of God and make it fit. You don't have to do that. Just let the Word of God be the Word of God. It's not lying to us, um, just like um, Israel. I mean, o- over and over and over, it said Israel returned. Israel returned last days. So certain nations will align themselves against Israel. Well, you know, it's got to come back. But what they were doing is they were saying, well, you know, that's spiritual Israel. And and, and and the real Israel won't come back until Jesus comes because it's just impossible. So let's talk about spiritual Israel. It's all just a spiritual thing. Well, the spiritual thing is huge, and there is a spiritual Israel. And that's, that's the main thing that we kind of focus on now. But the return, the literal return of a geographical and, yes, a political Israel, a military Israel, a, a world power Israel, that was foretold. That has happened. It has happened only in our historical lifetime. Now, in the meantime, what Zeb and I are doing We're reaching out to, quote, and I'll let him define this better than me, spiritual Israel. Well, who is spiritual Israel? It's the one new man spoken of in Ephesians 2 and 3. It's Jew and Gentile under the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the goal of our ministry. Now that geographical Israel has returned, spiritual Israel is even more important than it's ever been.
0: Well, Uh, I have found out, Pastor, that the Bible is a lot more literal than we ever thought it was, and spiritual at the same time.
1: Yeah. Let let, let Zev tell you about spiritual Israel. (laughs) I
0: will, and and Zev, I'm going to have you close the program out here in a minute, but Pastor Carl, uh, we're going to get you back on here in a few weeks to talk about this new book, and uh, I... I don't know everything that's in it. I've heard a, just a little bit about it. But could you explain to us, um, we under you mentioned earlier about you know the technology is going absolutely crazy. But the Bible also says that there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, some of the old things seem to be coming back again. And Pastor Carl, you've got a new book out now called Gods and Thrones. What is that about?
1: Yeah, thanks. Let me tell you about that book. It's not due to be officially released until a month from now, but it's on Amazon. You can pre-order it and get it early. That book has already gone to number 400 out of all 17 million books on Amazon. It's already been listed as number one in six Amazon categories, number one bestseller. It is going crazy, and we haven't even done a media blitz on it yet. People know about it. People have heard about it, And, and, and the title, God's, I know you say, well, what, what? there's not multiple gods. No, there's only one Yahweh creator. But the word of God is very clear. The, the demonic realm, even the angelic realm, the realm of the divine council, the realm of the heavenly host, they are called in, in English, and, and it comes from the Hebrew word Elohim, they are also called gods, little g. The, but the bottom line, the the thing about the book Gods and Thrones We're living in the most prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus Christ and the fallen Elohim, the demonic realm led by Satan. They're scrambling for their thrones. This is demonic warfare like the world has never seen. It's getting ready to crank up and get worse. I show from the scriptures with a theological base of what this is all about. I start in the Garden of Eden. I show you the deep secrets of what happened there and how it transforms right into through to the New Testament, to the book of Revelation. The New Testament actually talks about what happened in the Garden of Eden, but preachers won't preach it, uh, or either they don't know it or they don't see it. And it goes all the way up to the book of Revelation, to our headline news, to what's getting ready to happen in this world, And it's a big exposure of what Satan is up to and what God is up to. And the last four chapters end very positively, very powerfully. I had a man call me yesterday that was one of my pre-readers. He said, Carl, I have never read a book about the Bible before that when I closed the last page, I had tears in my eyes. He said, this book changed my life. I pray that God uses it that way in everybody's life, Brother Frank.
0: Amen. Well, we're excited to have you back on for that. Folks, you can check it out on Amazon. Pre-order it right now. Um, gods and Thrones, Pastor Carl Gallops. And uh, I know um, you will be blessed. Uh, I, I've had many people um, have uh, read the, When the Lion Roars, and uh, we're blessed by that uh, book also. Folks, these are the last days. And, and the interesting thing is is that uh, when I said there is nothing new under the sun, some of the old gods, little Gs. Okay, that stuff's all coming back around today. There's a lot of deception going on out there. We need to be grounded in the truth of the Word of God so that we're not carried away by some deception that the enemy has planned, uh, some strange aliens or who knows what they're going to try to do. The fact is we've got to be grounded, and thank you, Pastor Carl, for that. Well, Zev, I want to bring this program down to a close. Zev, there's been a struggle sometimes for believers in the U.S., and I know this has been a passion of yours um, they kind of see, well, the church is one thing and the Jews, well, yes, they're coming to Jesus, the Messianic believers, but they almost see us separate. But but the Word of God in, in the book of Romans talks about us being grafted in together, not not being separate people, but actually being one entity. And Zev, it, it's important that we understand that when moving forward in these last days, uh, that people can understand that, that you know we're just as much a part of you all as you all are a part of us because of Yeshua, because of what happened. And Zev, you have been trying to explain that to the people, uh, how important that is. And could you share just a little bit with us to encourage the believers uh, as we close out this program?
2: Absolutely. I'll try to simplify it. Uh, God has order in the Bible. And the order is from Israel to the nations, and now the nations back to Israel, back to spiritual Israel, the new Jerusalem, the new heavens, the new earth. God's master plan in Romans 11 is for the nations to be grafted into the olive tree, and for the Jews to be grafted back into the olive tree. That's Romans 11:23, and thus we become the one new man, Ephesians 2:15. There's always one. If there's two of something, it's not from God. There's one gospel. There's one God. Even the Father, so- Father, Son, Holy Spirit are one. There's one new Jerusalem. And that is the biblical concept. There can't be two of something. It's always one. From Genesis to Revelation, that's the picture. And if somebody's teaching or he thinks that there's two of something or three of something, it's not from God. The concept is always one. God is a just God, and God is the God of Israel. He's the God of the nations. And through Jesus, through Yeshua HaMashiach, he makes us one. He makes us righteous. He makes us priests. That is what
0: the Bible says. Amen. Amen with that. I'll, I can't disagree with this, anything there. Um, Zev, I would, we're going to close out this program, and I would just ask Zev that um, what I'm receiving via email and people is um, there's a hurting world out there, and a lot of people are suffering right now. Um, there's intense uh, spiritual persecution in the body of believers right now. Uh, the word that I keep getting and seeing so much is that people are suffering some of the hardest trials uh, that they have uh, faced um, in their lives right now. And, and the spiritual battle is is intense. And I'm sure, Pastor Carl, you could attest to this with people in your churches and around that there's a, just a global struggle right now. It's like the devil's yep. been loosed and he's reeking, trying to wreak havoc on the believers. And yep. I was just wondering, Zeb, could you... Pray a blessing over the believers at the end and, and um, share with us just a, a closing prayer to encourage us as we wrap this program up. Absolutely. I just want to
2: mention something about Carl uh, Gallup's new book. For me, uh, reading that book and Elohim and all the Hebrew in it and everything, uh, of course I endorse it. It's an amazing book. But it's also it, it, it's a picture for me of, of Romans eleven eleven, where Paul says that we're to provoke the Jews to jealousy. That book provokes Jews to jealousy. That is an end-time evangelistic tool book, Provoking Jews to Jealousy. That's exactly what Paul spoke
0: about. Amen, amen. Well, Zev, if you could close us out with prayer, I would just really appreciate it. I'd like to close us with the priestly blessing, which is the one new man
2: blessing. Uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his confidence up to you and give you peace. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai panav elecha Isa Adonai panav elecha v'yassem lecha shalom. In the mighty name of Jesus Yeshua, amen. And if we're being persecuted and we're going through trials, then we should be encouraged because we know the time is near. Amen. 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 Wow. Well,
0: thank you guys so much for being here. Pastor Carl, we're going to get you back on uh, soon onto the show. And if you all could stick with me around for the end, I'm going to come back on after we close this out. And folks, just keep looking up. This is the hours. This is the time when we can make a difference. You know, if you only could win just one, it would be worth it because that would be one more soul that the devil didn't get to have. And so, folks, do take this good knowledge, take these things that you've learned, and go share them with someone. Make a difference in someone's life. Jesus, Yeshua, is coming soon, and he's looking for a body of believers that are willing to step out and to share the good news of his second coming. This is Brother Frank, Pastor Carl, and Rabbi Zev Peratt from the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Lower trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountains. Lower trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lower trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountains. Lower trumpet in
1: Zion.